0: Good day everyone. My name is Andrew Dialwis. This podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Access. Full details of our business management courses can be found in ultimateaccess.net. Good day to you all. I would like to welcome Shahan Paris to our podcast today. Welcome Shahan. Hi
1: Andrew. Good day to all.
0: And in today's session, I want to discuss with Shahan an interesting topic, that is robotic process automation and uh, the advantages, disadvantages, and how to go about with it. Over to you, Shahan.
1: Hi, Anju, thanks thanks for inviting me for this interesting discussion on RPA. So I've uh, been a financial professional uh, for quite a while. Uh, I think it's over 20 years in the banking industry. And uh, I see since of recently, I've had this interest in digital uh, platforms of RPA and all the new digital products. So I believe this is the way forward. And it's a very interesting topic uh, uh, for a discussion.
0: Shahan, if you can tell me some of the... Processes or tasks that you can give as examples that lend itself to RPA that'll be great because everyone is, uh, you know, looking at this robotic process automation and wondering how do we implement it.
1: Okay, the simplest answer is every task can be uh, done by uh, RPA. We could uh, use an bot to do certain tasks. And if it's on the manufacturing side, we can use a robot to do it. So simplest example, I would say in the financial sector, we all have reports. Financial sector has reports, reports, and reports. Always there is reports. At any time you want anything done, the financial sector will give you plenty of reports. So daily basis, I think there are a lot of people who would download a report in a text format, or some other format which is not readable, and they convert it into Excel, and then they do their pivots and macros and get you some information, which takes a number of... uh, It just burns out people doing this, and also it takes a lot of time. Now, if you introduce a bot, what the bot would do is, a bot would log into these systems, download it, convert it, and give you exactly the same output plus the bot can give you a little bit of information saying that this information is critical you have something overdue for over 90 days you need to focus here likewise it can add a little bit more value that we would have to manually think and add on to it so this is the simplest example from the financial sector i would say and this would free up a lot of time in my personal experience i have seen Functions that take two hours uh, could be done in about two minutes.
0: That's an amazing example because then I think about some of the other things uh, in finance that we do, irrespective where in the world we are, whether it's, you know, we will look at accounts payable, accounts uh, receivable, reconciliation, these processes. And I guess we could... First, look at the processes in themselves and then see what tasks we can uh, automate. Am I correct, Shahan? Is that the way that we will go through with this?
1: That's right, uh, Anju. And I would say uh, right now, because it's a new thing. You're going to do something brand new in your organization. And uh, though everybody's talking about it, people are a bit uh, they're not too comfortable to overnight go and uh, automate everything. So the way forward would be is take on small tasks that could be automated and then small and uh, simple tasks. And then once you build that confidence within yourself and the organization is also comfortable, then move on to the high-risk, high-complex functions. And it's possible. Anything is possible. There is, there is something out there that can give you a solution for your problem.
0: Another area I think uh, most people wonder about is the cost associated with it. Now, when we look at implementing an ERP, we all know we spend in the range of millions of dollars and it is ongoing, very costly um, system to maintain. I want to understand, uh, you know, I know that you've done quite a few implementations yourself. What about the cost associated with uh, implementing RPA?
1: So the cost factor, uh, actually what is happening is the cost factor is going down because more and more people are purchasing the product. And uh, now you can buy a lot of products over the counter. So standardized products over the counter, which could be tweeted to suit your uh, need. So you don't need to have a tailor-made product for your organization. If you're a small organization, SME, MME, you just don't need to spend in millions. You can get a product out there which is already developed and it's used by many. And the benefit also is you can integrate it uh, with your suppliers, your distributors. And uh, so it's. Uh, I would recommend for small organizations, even for larger organizations, that uh, it's cheaper and it's much more cost effective that you get a system that is out there, over-the-counter system.
0: This means the return on investment associated with this particular automation is very high.
1: That's right, Andrew. One uh, critical point is how it does not impact your overall operating system. So this will sit above your operating system, so you don't need to Uh, revamp your total operating system
0: now I want to talk a little bit about the risks and controls associated with it I know you're a senior finance professional specializing in the risk space uh, in the banking sector especially Bot doing activities it's doing on its own what about the risks and controls how do we go about this
1: so I think a lot of people are a bit scared uh, when it comes to risk and control. So and I think most of them have watched a little bit too much of movies where the bots take control of uh, our total operation. So in reality what happens is where we I would recommend where we start is we look at our existing process. Do we have any operational risk in our existing process? Is are there any gaps? If there are any gaps that same thing is going to get transferred into uh, when you implement a bot above your system, because a bot is not intelligent to come and correct your gaps out there, it cannot fill in the gaps where you have uh, loopholes in your system. So your first phase is ensure your system is foolproof, and then move on the bot. Yes, implementing a bot does bring a little extra risk. But You move forward with it. You have an open discussion with your infosecurity team, your IT team, your operational risk compliance, and you need to come up with new ways to mitigate this risk. All risks can be mitigated. And also you need to look forward. What are the new risks that are going to come? Always, even in your existing system, you cannot prevent all risks. But if you have a forward-looking structure where you're going to continuously monitor and see, because the industry is dynamic. As dynamic as the industry is, the risk also is dynamic. There are new risks, new opportunities for fraud coming up. So you need to have a continuous dialogue with all your stakeholders and have a strategy where your uh, risk management strategy is evolving.
0: Shahan, another uh, thing that everybody is very worried about is uh, losing their jobs. Because as you mentioned, well, this something that is, uh, you know, taking us uh, an hour or so can be done in virtually seconds. Now, does that mean that we are going to lose jobs? What is the impact on the job?
1: So I think this is a worry we have always had be it the industrial revolution or whatever, we always thought we we're going to lose jobs. If you look at it, when the computers came, everybody said we'll lose jobs. But has it happened to that extent? I don't think so. And if you are, the statistics out there say that you lose, uh, we will lose 77 million jobs because of uh, digitization and automation. But it will also create another 133 million jobs. So these are just numbers thrown out there. But if you drill down deeply and look at it, the uh, one key thing is automation is going to allow you to upscale. So upscaling alone creates more jobs and you have people freeing up their time doing uh, repetitive tasks and error prone tasks, and they can do much more strategic, important functions for the organization. So yes, At a lower level, we will lose jobs, but it creates more jobs at a level above that. So I think we are fearing uh, something that is... uh, This fear has been there right through, but it hasn't impacted us. It hasn't impacted us in the past, and I don't think going forward also. It will uh, immediately take away all your jobs and all of us will be unemployed. No. It creates more opportunities than it... uh, Takes away our jobs.
0: This is where anybody, particularly in the finance sector, we are talking to more finance professionals here, that you should be looking at uh, ways of upskilling yourself um, constantly, and it's a lifelong learning process, I guess. Uh, not you know just because you're qualified as an accountant does not mean that your learning ends there. Uh, what What are your thoughts on this, Shahan?
1: I totally, totally agree on it because uh, even uh, every profession does not stop from your qualification. Every profession uh, has to move forward. Even if you look at it, some creative uh, professions, like even an artist needs to upskill himself. He needs to come up with new things. So same with us accountants. We need to be uh, up and running, upskilling ourselves because the industry is changing, the customer is changing, everything out there is changing. So we need to upskill ourselves. And that's very key in today's context.
0: And that brings me to the question of uh, when you are recruiting somebody into your team, what sort of skill sets do you look for?
1: Number one, I would say, This is a word, I think, from these modern writers that uh, it has come into the English dictionary, teachability, the ability to learn. So we need to have people who are able to learn and to adapt into the situation. Number two is cognitive thinking, where people are able to think from all sides. How is this product going to impact this market? How is it going to impact the industry? How will competitors see it? And how are we delivering? Whatever we do, we need to see uh, people be able to see cognitively. And that, if you ask me top five, I would say creativity, positive mindset, because it's difficult right now. If you look at it, uh, we are trying to sell, uh, implement uh, digital products out there. And people might not be convinced and there might be a lot of resistance. So you need a lot of positive thinking out there. And number five is teamwork which is very uh, critical in this industry and all industries I would say if I generalize.
0: And this brings me to my last question, something very close to my heart and I know you're an avid sports person yourself. I want to find out from you what does well-being mean to you?
1: Okay, well-being is number 1 for me. What I believe is we need to have an energized, motivated, enthusiastic uh, workforce. So then our production levels go up and uh, we see that uh, drive to go to the next level. The organization, if our staff are that motivated and highly productive, the organization also will progress. So I do a lot of things outside my uh, job. I I do hiking, I'm a mountaineer, camping. And this weekend, I'm just trying out kayaking. I've never done it before. So, and I believe that things outside only makes you an all-rounder. Work alone will make you a dull boy. So, and going back to my uh, previous answer where I spoke about cognitive thinking, the great outdoors is a very unorthodox way of teaching you skills. You cannot learn it in the classroom. So, things that you do outside your work will teach you To look at things in different perspectives understand how people uh, feel about products and how people feel about organization so that allows you to build yeah it also allows you to build teachability and also allows you to uh, build a cognitive mindset so i'm uh, very much i encourage well-being and also rpa implementation of rpa and digitization provides a lot of opportunity and space and capacity for staff well-being.
0: Thank you, Shahan. That was a great discussion. I'm sure I'm going to have you back again to find out more about your adventures. This time, we will talk a lot about what you have been doing and your experience in kayaking as well. And wish you all the best. Thank you again.
1: Thank you, Anju. It was lovely being part of this program. Thank you to all of you out there for joining us on this
0: program. I hope you found this session useful. This podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Access and I'm your host, Andrew D'Alvis. Thank you.